Hello and welcome to Beginning, Middle, Ends, the podcast where we talk to creators and story lovers about storytelling. Story is probably the most effective form of communicating ideas. Stories preserve history or obscure history. They reveal our values and reveal our sins. Stories make us laugh, make us cry. They make us feel things and see things. A story is half dream and half reality. And stories are my favorite things in the world. I'm Shane, and here with me today are comic book creators Kevin Joseph and Ludo. Ludo, bonjour. Uh, comment commencez-vous votre prénom? Ludo. Très bien. <laughs> Perfect. And last name? Salé? Salé. Salé. Yeah. Ludo Salé. So they are coming to, uh, Ludo's coming to us live from France. And Kevin is in Fort Lauderdale. They're the creators of Tart Comic. Kevin Joseph and I go way back, not quite to seventh grade. That's when a classmate handed him a copy of X-Men 194 and started his comics obsession. Do you remember who wrote those, that issue? That just might have been a Chris Claremont joint. Nice. That's, that's the best way to jump in. Uh, you live in Fort Lauderdale, Florida with your wife and daughter. And they indulge your need to match words with images and create something new for the world to enjoy. Ludo is a French artist living in France, creator of Hell Strawberry, co-creator of Tarte, all-around magnifique person. Thanks for joining me today. So let's talk about story. Broadly speaking, and I know this is a, is a hard question to start with, but uh, what makes a good story? Kevin? I think that if your emotion has changed from when you start the story to when you finish uh, reading or watching the story, I think it's a good story. Whether it made you laugh, whether it made you cry, as you said. But if it has changed your emotion from point A to point C, I think it's a good story. And Ludo, how about you? Especially uh, in terms of visually, what what makes a good story? Uh, something um, that catch the eyes. Yes, so you have to do something. Uh, me personally, I really work in, in colors. So the colors are really important. And... Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I always try something uh, different. Try to do something different and uh, not to be in a always same scheme. So I'm always try something different for me at the beginning. So I hope it's also something uh, attractive for uh, people who can read my uh, my book. Now you both have other projects, but we're going to talk about Tart today. So who wants to who wants to queue up what Tart is? I do it all the time. Ludo, would you like me to do it, or do you want to uh, uh, get up to bat? How do you? How do you? Uh, oh, I, I'm trying to start. Uh, Tart is a time traveler, so she she has a mission. She has to um, to kill demons and uh, restore the the right uh, timeline. You can watch Loki now. <laughs> you. I, I have you been exceedingly ID. excited to see that they're playing with time on Loki the way we play with it in Tart. Because mm-hmm. I, I can now, you know, like I always at conventions try to grab Buffy, uh, people dressed as Buffy. Now I'm definitely grabbing those Loki people going, you're going <laughs> to like this, I promise. Yeah, exactly that. <laughs> now you guys live in different countries there's a whole ocean separating you what's your creative process like how do you um how do you put together a book and how'd you meet let's let's start there uh how how did uh anna talk to you about me ludo i've never heard this part of the story and then i'll come in with my perspective 
Yeah, I was uh, in convention in France, actually, and uh, it was uh, almost 10 years ago now. And uh, I met a girl there. It was, uh, I have a, a booth there presenting my uh, creation. And she was my neighbor. And uh, we we met there. And she, she, met, uh, she met Kevin a few years ago. And uh, she 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 told me he he was interested to find someone to illustrate his uh, his story. He, he, he didn't have uh, I think you you don't have story at this time exactly, but, but you you wanted to 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 find someone to create a, a project, a comic book project. So it was really, really easy and really fast. She she just told me uh, I don't remember if I contact you or you contact me she contact you i don't remember or in how who started the the project first but uh, but yeah we it was really easy it was uh, i don't remember but i think the the convention i uh, i went it was in the beginning of july and uh, i have the first email uh, from kevin it was uh, the end of july or beginning of august of the same year so it was really really fast on, on my end, Anna emailed me and said she had met Ludo and he had these these stories that are were all wrapped in this this time traveling and demon hunting universe and and could could he show me some of the art and I I kind of did one of the I'd, I'd love to see it I'm pretty busy doing blank blank and blank but I'd certainly love to see it and see see if it's something that interested me and then I saw his art and it was like okay. I now have to figure out how to worm my way into uh, <laughs> into Ludo's world because I've got to figure out how to work with this guy if he's going to be putting art like this in the world. And um, it was about a week later that I woke up with that first image from the first page of Tart Number 1 with a girl waking up, knowing that she was on a mission but not having any clue where and when she was or what the mission was. And uh, I wrote it up. I showed it to my wife, and she 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 was the one that made me think I was onto something. She said, "I love it," and she doesn't she doesn't sugarcoat her what she <laughs> likes or doesn't like that I wrote. So I was like, "Okay, then I can I can send this script to the stranger at this point and hope he likes it." And uh, that is really issue one. Is that it's just that we then worked for about three months trying to figure out the big story. But issue one is really that um, audition script that I sent Ludo to see if he was interested in in the way I saw his world, because it's very different than what he was. Well, it's not very different, but it is a little different than what he was already working on. Well, that's a, a great segue into, um, into my next question, which is, um, how do you put together a book starting from the, the macro? So you're, you're, your whole world, your series, and then break that down into per issue, per page, even per panel. Kevin, we'll start with you, and then Ludo will ask you how you do it visually. Once, once Ludo said, "Okay, I, I, I like, I like working with this type of a story." Um, it was the gray area that is in um, issue one that not everything evil is bad, or not everything bad is evil. Type of a feeling with that story that. He, I think, grasped onto. I knew that that was what I needed to shoot for, for the whole series. And um, we tried to figure out 
the power sets, what the big story was. And once we had gotten a couple things done, I created an entire outline of what I thought the whole series would be. And I sent it to Ludo and I was so excited because I had just cracked the code and he wrote me back. I don't, I don't want to do that. That's, <laughs> that's not what I want to do. And he's, cause it was very much in the Judeo Christian Bible world. And I was going to do all this research and, uh, he goes, I don't, I don't want to do that. I kind of want to do our own thing. And I went, I was kind of sad for about three hours and <laughs> said, well, I mean, if the artist doesn't want to draw it, then it's not the book to work on. And I came up with another possible big story and I kind of did the outline and sent it to him and he went, yeah, that's it. That's what we'll do. And um, so then we broke that into issue by issue outline of what we're going to try to do to tell that big story with the opportunity to change whenever we feel like we want to. And um, I'll get Ludo the script and he has the chance on every script to say yes, no, or uh, what usually happens is he says, I like this, I like that. And then he goes into the layouts and changes them because I give him layouts, but I'm not an artist. So the flow of every page Are you doing a, you doing a Marvel type script that's like I, I, uh, mostly plot? Are you, you have dialogue? Are you full scripting? It's, it's full, it's full script because I don't know how I've still never figured out how much a page fits without actually drawing panels to, to see. <laughs> Poor Ludo, I'd probably give him every every page would be twenty panels if I did it Marvel style. What about a page and a and a panel? Are you thinking in terms of that kind of detail when you write each script? I I am with the caveat that he can always change it. Okay, Ludo, how about you? How do you um how did you approach the the series as a whole? Because you kind of built off of Hell Strawberry, which was a, an existing universe and style. And then you've uh, you've played around with different styles and in, in issues, sometimes multiple styles in one issue. How do you approach the series as a whole? How do you lay out a book? How do you look at a page? And then you know each panel. Are you approaching a page as a whole, or are you building it around a, a particular panel that you want to to really resonate? What's your process? Yeah, it depends because um, before to meet Kevin, I uh, created Strawberry, and uh, I wanted to to tell a story, but uh, I'm not a good writer and uh, I need someone to help me. But yes, I have some images I wanted to do and uh, it was really, yeah, it, it come visually before uh, before everything for me and after I try to, to write a story around that. But since I worked with Kevin, it's different because he, he bring me the story, so it's really big help. And I think since the first issues, I'm giving uh, more liberty. No, I'm less, uh, I'm less annoying <laughs> with what you want to to do with the character and the universe. And um, and yes, for the the concrete page, oh, I work it. Um, first thing, I um, I read the script carefully first, and I do a quick doodle of the page like a stem size to just to see the layout of the page, uh, the maces, the voids, to the order of the squares, uh, the panels, or I will uh, arrange the, the page. And when I have this stamp, stamp size, I do the detailed vers version, but still sketchy to to see um, what the references 
I will have to to look to to search to help me on the on the page, and uh, the the references can be the poses for the character, the backgrounds, the the outfits, the costume. And when I have all of that, I can start the clear line of the page. I work uh, mainly on uh, digitally on Photoshop. And uh, sometimes I work traditionally, and this time it's the process is the same. But just I uh, make some painting on the on directly on the page. I I work on the with uh, Indian ink for like a grayscale uh, page, and I colorize the the page. I scan it and I colorize the page on Photoshop. After that, all the color is digitally because it's it's a bit more. Uh, faster to work like this. And in terms of uh, the styles that you play around with, are you are you choosing those before you start the issue? Do you kind of develop it as uh, as you're working on it with the thumbnails? Uh, it's really uh, when I read it, actually the feeling I have of the story, like on the issue uh, 11 in the in Berlin. It's, I don't know, I have this vision of uh, really... Um, no, not uh, not so much color, just uh, four or three colors, and uh, yeah, I wanted to to do like this, or I don't know. It's really I, I can say how it comes. It's really on uh, reading the script, and uh, I have I have visually something comes to mind, and uh, I want to to follow this idea, and I sure. I, I, I ask to Kevin before <laughs> to be sure. I'm sure Kevin always says yes. I want to interject one second. It's never annoying when he says no, because I, one thing between the two of us, I don't think there's, we both have egos in that we want the book to be the best book that we can possibly make it. But I, I don't feel an ego about story choices when Ludo says, I don't think this is working because I trust him to know, to be our first editor. And so it's never annoying when Ludo says, I don't think this works um, because I, then I know really, really quickly, okay, I'm going to go back to the, the you know, drawing table and, and figure out something that does work. So it's never annoying uh, when you say no, because it always makes the, the book better. And I just want to um, explain to people that haven't seen the issue that Ludo was just referring to the, uh, there's a there's a section where the artwork goes to a very flat, almost monochromatic. It's like grays and red, and uh, it's really reminiscent of like an Art Deco uh, kind of propaganda World War II poster style. That was a, a big departure from your normal style, which is very painterly. It looks like a, like a gouache or watercolor. Yeah, I really loved that issue when you guys switched to the. Uh, to the old uh, World War II cutout, almost cutout kind of style. Like I thought that was a great, a great transition to make. That's issue eleven, and you guys can anybody that wants to check that out can pick that up at www.scoutcomics.com and uh, see what that issue is all about. But I will let everybody know that you guys have had success printing Tart Comic through Kickstarter. So basically, you guys are funded by your readers as a backer of Tart. Um, I've seen that your backer list grow and grow with each issue. So it seems like it's really resonating with everybody. So with the benefit of hindsight, what did you guys do right from the beginning? And if you started Tart over again today, what would you both do differently? I think what we 
did right was um, what we did right was not know how difficult this journey actually is because uh, we kind of jumped is that in. Your dog in the back? That, that's my dog. My, uh, <laughs> I think my wife is back from the grocery store. He, he does not like her to leave. He doesn't care if I leave, but he doesn't <laughs> like her to leave. Uh, so um, I'll just keep talking through him. Um, no, if, if I knew how hard it was to do this, I don't know that I would have had the joy of doing it. So I would say ignore everyone who says it's hard. But what we I would do now is TART would not be a 40-some issue maxi series, which is what we originally envisioned. It would be a four-issue miniseries followed by a four-issue miniseries followed by a four-issue miniseries. Because um, being able to finish a miniseries or a one-shot in this day and age is just so much easier than, than continuing on. But because of our Kickstarter backers, we have been able to, you know, they've been like the, the wind at the back that when it's, when it's hard and when it's a slog, you're like, well, we've got 300 or 400 or 500 people that are waiting. So I guess I need to stay up an extra hour and I need to write two pages. And uh, so short and sweet is what I would do different if I, if I started again. Yeah. And Ludo, how about you? Uh, I'm sure uh, sometimes when you, uh, you have to wonder, like, why did I design the character this way now that I have to draw it that way every time? Are there things you would do differently? And what did you, what did you like visually that you started that, you, that you're doing? And, and uh, I know you're playing with style, so I don't know if that's because you're getting bored or you just like to do new things. But what would you do differently and what did you do right? I don't know if I will do something differently because um, actually I, we start... Uh, I, like I said, uh, 10 years ago, 11 years ago, and uh, I was very young. So uh, it was um, my style at this time. So, yeah, if I redo the issue one today, it won't be the same at all. But uh, there is a kind of charm to to keep this uh, this issue, how, how it looks now. And um, I don't know, maybe just I changed my, uh, my way to work uh, I'm more digitally now. I was more in the traditional way at this time when I beginning on TART, but uh, it was because I don't have the materials to, to work on digital. And um, yeah, except the colorization, I, uh, I colorized the, the, the books uh, already in, uh, in digital at this time, but yeah, all the, all the drawing was traditional. And uh, it was in the idea that something uh, we can we can sell, but uh, I don't know. No, digitally, it's just it's more his, easier for me, and uh, I can work fastly with that. So there is also the the fact we need to not we need, but we want to to have new issue really really more quick. So it's it's easier for me to work like this. But I won't change anything the the way i i start to work on that it's 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 great to to see the evolution i made of it can i can i uh tell on you one thing you did say that you would never do a checkerboard floor like in tart three again <laughs> <laughs> that's right but i i changed my mind with the uh, backgrounds now i uh i like to do that not not big city yet or cars or <laughs> technology 
thing. It's it's why the toxic um, the toxic garden. It's uh, in a greenhouse with a lot of trees, and it's like the thing <laughs> I like to do, and not the big building. <laughs> Kevin, have you ever started to uh, to write a panel and you're like, oh, Ludo's gonna hate this, and you change it? Are you are you able to? Uh, do you know him well enough now so you can pre-edit? I definitely do choose fewer city landscapes for him after learning that he's not a big fan. If you notice, uh, Tart One is all in New York City and all buildings. And I found out later that he doesn't really like that. So we do veer a little less in urban landscapes now than we might have. I'm more, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm an optimist. So I'm more like, oh, Ludo's going to love this page. Like when I wrote that there was a woolly mammoth in Tart Two, I was like, you know, I think the script says something like, there's a woolly mammoth, you're welcome. You know, kind of. <laughs> so, no, I, I guess you have to be a bit of a psychopath as a writer and, and just write it and know that he can change it if it's if, if he doesn't want to draw it. Now, you talked about a 40-issue a kind of story. Is that is that still in place? Does Tart have an ending? No. Oh, well, yes, Tart has an ending, but it's not 40 issues anymore. Okay. We're, we're shooting closer to about 25 to 27, depending on how some, some of the uh, issues run. Because some might be uh, a single issue of like 32 pages, and some might be two 24s or two 20s, etc. And you, uh, but, you guys are kickstarting issue 13, so you're about halfway there? Yes, yes. It's really kind of, it's kind of exciting to know that we're over that or at least close to that halfway home, you know, because I, I just want people to be able to read it all and then reread it through. And for some of the things that they've already seen to, to possibly mean something different, if we've, if we've done our work right, I, I want the second reading to, to be more full. Yeah. I just, uh, preparing for this interview, I just went back and read through from issue one to 12 in one sitting. And, uh, I don't know that I've done that actually, cause, uh, I'm usually, I read it right when I get it from the, the Kickstarter delivery. So sometimes that's months between each issue. I was struck by how you guys both seem to get stronger as the issues went on. And, um, that Ludo got to take a break at issue six. And I feel like issue seven, when he came back and did the art for that, was probably one of my favorites in terms of um, his work. So I, it seems like you guys have, have grown a lot. I didn't realize until Ludo just said it. Has it been 10 years? Have you been writing this book 10 years? Yeah, I think it's close to that. I think we've, yeah, 2011, mm-hmm. we started kind of going back and forth. I think we started to release it in, what? 2012 or 2013 we we started with a a small comic uh uh publisher that is no longer publishing comics and all i will say about that is that's better for everyone it's better for us it's better for comics in general that they're no longer publishing comics but we learned a lot from some of the mistakes that were that we saw that were made and some of the mistakes that i signed off on being new and you know, naive. And so there's, there's some things that I can't tell you that I'd do differently, but um, you, you, if you learn from a mistake, it's not, it's not a loss, right? That's right. Hmm. So I won't keep you guys too much longer. We're just going to end today. Um, give us your best piece of storytelling advice. Um, okay. If it doesn't affect you, it's not going to affect the audience. If, 
you don't actually think it's funny, it's not going to be funny to the audience. If you don't actually think it's sad, it's not going to be sad to the audience. If you don't think it's exciting, it's not going to be exciting to the audience. So definitely make the thing that excites you and you will find an audience for it, whether it's a, a small audience or a huge audience, just make the thing that excites you and there will be somebody that's excited by it. Great. Ludo, what's your, what's your best piece of storytelling advice? I'm, I'm agree with Kevin and I come back to the question you asked him earlier about, uh, if he think about what I, I will like, I will, I will like or not to do uh, what you write. And uh, it's not the best way to think about it. You have to write what you want. And after that, I will, uh, I will imagine uh, how I will uh, figure out the, the thing. Even if I don't like the thing I, I read at the time that I read it and I don't have uh, the idea how I will, uh, I will look, visualize the, the script but uh it's it's a good uh it's a good thing to to go uh, upward that and imagine something different and uh tart 13 i know i was having a very difficult time writing it because it was first envisioned to be two to three issues in our original 40 40 issue outline and i really thought we could tell it in one to kind of get everything we needed for the micro story and the macro of the big story. And, but I couldn't, I couldn't get the story, but knowing Ludo's strength of adapting styles gave me the way to tell the story in one issue. And that's, you know, we're telling this from two different perspectives. Tart is narrating on the left side of the book and you're seeing how she sees the story. And we have another narrator telling the story on the right side of the book and it, we were able to kind of skip a lot of the, the the little stuff going from narrator to narrator there. But I knew I could only do that because I had an artist like Ludo who could give two completely different styles and it would still work. So I do, I do know what his strengths are and I do work towards his strengths, but uh, I probably ignore what he doesn't like, you know, sometimes. Well, thanks a lot for both of you to uh, talking story with me today, especially Ludo coming from France and uh, Thank you. having an interview in your, your second language, not your first language. <laughs> Sorry for the mistake. Everybody, uh, you, if you want to pick up Tart, their Kickstarter will launch soon for issue 13. Thanks for joining me, guys. And um, yeah, that was a, a great chat. It, my pleasure, and it's always great to, to see your beautiful face again. <laughs> <laughs> you can watch more of these podcasts on YouTube. Subscribe to Spilldink Media. If you're more the audio podcast type, then find Beginning, Middle, End Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. You can tweet me at Twitter at Optional D. And we're just starting out on this journey, so any positive review, comment, or thumbs up really helps. Tune in next time as we unravel more great story threads. Thanks. The end.